Hi guys, Martin here. Before we start the show, I just wanted to let you know that we are going to spoil Marvel's Iron Fist. Enjoy the show. It's a special one. Let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's do something special. It's a regular special episode. A special regular episode. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to Asteroids in Exile. I'm Niv. I'm Martin. And this is our regular special episode about Iron Fist. The newest Netflix Marvel show. The Last Defender has shown up and this is the first time we're going to talk about it, right? So we actually haven't shared any thoughts about it before this. Oh yeah, you. Well, you told me not to overhype it, or you you helped me not to overhype it in the last episode, in the last regular episode we did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, this is the, the first time we're talking about it. Oh since yeah, we've both yeah. seen yeah. it, yeah. right? Yeah. So but before that, so but before that, just to set the stage, you were super excited. You were like, "This is going to be so cool." You were all about it, mm. <laughs> and I was like, eh, "I don't know." <laughs> I was really um, I, I was still excited, but I was just not so excited as you are. Yeah. And then, like, we had the last episode maybe like three weeks ago or three something weeks, now. Yeah. The beginning of March. And in that time, all these news reports started coming in about uh, the early reviews for Iron Fist, and they were pretty bad. Mm. So, talk me through what what you were feeling as all that was happening. You know, I felt bad. I didn't. I didn't read uh, most of the reviews past the the first sentence or paragraph, and then the whole debacle with um, Finn Jones uh, trying to defend, oh, trying to defend uh, casting decisions, which isn't his job because, or I think, isn't his job. And I think I mentioned this somewhere that all the the. Uh, the guys who are upset because of the casting choices should talk to the producers and the casting directors and not to Finn, Finn Jones or, or not be as harsh to him because the guy did his job. Yeah. And he didn't lead. Oh man, he, you know, he's not working in a concentration camp or anything. It's Iron Fist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah in, in terms of like, I guess you can say the seriousness of like what yeah. was going on. And uh, yeah. I mean, he should. It wouldn't have uh, hurt him to to take the piss, so to say. Yeah, but I mean, like, I'm 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 with you on the fact that look, he's just the actor. He got hired to play the role. Yeah. Um, he didn't produce the show. He wasn't. He's not one of the the you know showrunners or executives. He was just put in that place, and I guess you know it can kind of is a bit awkward for him as well. Because he owns the character to an extent, I can understand that he has a feeling that he has to defend. Yeah. He has to defend himself being there, which is a very awkward situation to be in. But it never really works out. I mean, because it was very similar with Tilda Swinton yeah. uh, as the Ancient One, right? So, And there's an interesting article on, on Bleeding Cool that I read uh, before we started uh, this episode um, about how the outrage about... The, uh, about Iron Fist is even bigger than the ancient one and, and Doctor Strange uh, although it's uh, people seem to come into my camp of, of seeing the magic trick behind Doctor Strange and reevaluating yeah. the movie well that 
that is one of the things is that Doctor Strange at least got critical acclaim in yeah. the end, so people can kind of look past the casting and all the all the kind of flips that they made, just because it was turned out to be a pretty good movie. Yeah. Now that's a good segue. Then what? <laughs> what did you think of Iron Fist after seeing it? Like overall high level review. I like it. I yeah. I it's not You don't have to be so apologetic about okay. that. You, you, <laughs> no, you I can like it. like it, that's fine. It's not <laughs> what I anticipated it to be, but it's something else. The things that I like or work largely on a on on a meta scale because essentially it's a show about loss and how to deal with loss and mm-hmm. how everybody could do uh could do better with a bit of ter- of therapy. <laughs> Uh-huh. And and talk about the problems. The fight scenes and choreographies aren't that great, but then I've heard like uh Finn Jones had fifteen minutes of rehearsal before a fight scene and then they moved on. The production was pretty rushed. Wow. Uh you know, but overall it's it could have been so much more, but it's not the worst case scenario that yeah. people make it out to be. It really got a bad rap because they only released the first six episodes for the early reviews. Yeah. And to me, that's where a lot of the problems with the show are. Like the first four episodes, to me, are pointless. Um, so the show starts off with him trying to get back Rand Corporation, right? And his journey and how he does that. And it's just boring, <laughs> you know? Like... It, I think structurally there's massive issues with the way the show was put together. I think overall the story was pretty good. You know, they tried the story itself in terms of overall, in terms of Danny Rand versus the bad guy and the iron fist and the hand and all that, that overarching story was pretty good. It's just the way they executed the story and where they decided to spend time was, I think where the show let itself down. Um, The directing Sometimes in some of the episodes, it's just a little bit weak. Yeah. I thought the fight choreography, like you said, should have been so much more. I mean, this was supposed to be your Kung Fu action defender. Absolutely. And there really was a lot of space to improve the fighting. And the scripts and dialogues lacked as well, because some dialogues are are, uh, like, I did that. What, you did that? Yeah, I did that. I will do this. You will do this? Yes, I will do this. So let's go through all the negatives then, because I think that this is this is probably how we should structure this one, right? Okay. Is talking about all the negative stuff, what we didn't like about it, and then maybe finish off with what we liked. Okay. Um, because there was things to like as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So overall, to me, look, it was the most mediocre one off the bunch in terms of Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage. One of the things to me was that each of those shows had had kind of like an identity. You know, they they all they had a confidence and they knew what they were about. This one didn't. This one felt like a little bit all over the place. It was kind of very bland and beige. Um, even the cinematography was like, I, I saw it in HDR. Um, so it looked it looked good on the screen, but there was nothing about what they were showing me on the screen that made it look like like a, like a film or a movie. Yeah. It was just like, it's like if you gave film students really good equipment and told them to go out and do a film, that's kind of how the first couple of episodes kind of watched, you know? Like you said, bad script, bad, weak, 
directing. The cinematography was kind of just bland, you know. Um, they just kind of like went to a location and shot there. The lighting was just washed out all over the place. Didn't really do anything interesting with that. So I I, I really didn't didn't um, enjoy those first couple episodes just for for those kinds of reasons. Um, and also the there was a lot of potential with the story that they missed out on, like you said. So it's interesting in how you and I kind of interpret it. Like you said, it's all about dealing with loss, Um, which is true, right? So he loses his parents at a young age um, and then comes back to try to get that legacy back for them and sort of reclaim his, um, what is technically, you can say rightfully his. From my point of view, it's also about identity Danny Rand is caught between the two worlds, the world of New York City and everything that his life was before the accident, and then the world of Kunlun. And it's that yin and that yang, that push and pull on, on, on him, which is, part, which is a part of the great tension of the show. But the show doesn't really realize that. Like I said, like at the start, it doesn't deal with that at all. Like he comes in and he's so naive and he's just so excited about getting the company back and all this sort of stuff. But you don't really know why. You don't know what the stakes are. Why does he need it so bad? You know? And he almost doesn't um, express any real reason except for my name's on the door. You know? Yeah. And you're like, all right, well, he's just a sport rich kid then. I don't really care. Moving on. You know? Um, whereas as we go towards the end of the show um, and the stakes become more about his who am I? Am I the Iron Fist or am I Danny Rand? And that identity crisis becomes more more urgent. That's when I think the show gets better because that's that's a more interesting story than just a rich kid trying to get his father's company back. Yeah. So I mean that's that's the way I interpreted it, um, which is interesting because I didn't really go down the like I I didn't feel the loss angle as much. Okay. Um. Well, I you know if you take Danny's story for example, I think all the characters deal deal with loss and. You know, in Danny's case, he comes from this protected background. Suddenly, he gets the rock pulled out from from under him, and he lands in in Kunlun. And his father was a businessman. He was raised around businessmen, business people, and his 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 the mechanism he was teached to deal with that loss was look for uh, a high position amongst among in this new situation that you're in and he learns of the iron fist and you know that that's the the super executive uh uh job with the with the office with the great view of the mountains and he tries to fill to 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 um, to suppress the anger and fill the the void uh, that that he has because of the loss of his parents uh with uh, with that power and then he he gets the, to the super executive office and the loss is still there and the anger is still there and he thinks yeah well yeah, he has he interpreted the 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 eagle as uh, the sign to perhaps do something new and then he gets to New York and he thinks okay if I can uh, if I can reclaim the company perhaps that will will fill the void in me and there's this scene when he sits in his father's office and you kind of realize okay i've i've reached the next goal on my checklist but you know i'm i'm still empty i'm still not over the death of my parents and that's the great thing 
about that those first few episodes especially in the the mental health arc in the in the second episode um that the the doctor and even claire at the end of the series says you need help and it's with every character what has the need for love in in him joy needs to joy t took the wrong direction somewhere in in her life and she's she's slowly slowly just discovering that there's uh th there's a hole in her that she tries that she also tries to fix with um with her father's uh pretend love mm -hmm. uh and then you have um colleen who also found meaning in her occupation as a trainer for a certain organization uh, and later also gets the rock pull. And then you have Davos, one of the most um, uh, the most tragic figures in the whole series because, you know, he came to terms with his friend gaining the super executive position that he wanted because you have the scene where he visits him in the mountain and mm -hmm. you really, they really managed to pull off this genuine... Um, friendship you know there's there's a point at which davos uh can can overcome his his jealousy to a certain degree because of the way he was raised in in kunlun and mm -hmm. he respects uh danny for what he is he is the protector and he's his he's his friend as well and yeah. this this betrayal at the end instead of the two you know sitting down and having having uh Uh, a, a talk man man to man they they fight it out and that mm -hmm. that's that's the the thing the series in in my opinion does does really well portray loss and also because people are complaining about the the bad approximation of eastern culture and i think the, the show does a great job of portraying how how we witness eastern culture in the west because Danny, with all his um, his Zen sayings, uh, mm -hmm. he's reciting them. He didn't understand anything they yeah, teached him point. in 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 Kunlun. and it's it's that the scene when he when they leave the uh, the press meeting where he gets reinstated in the company. You really feel uh, the clashing of the. Of the philosophies, because uh, Ward and and Joy are holding on, they 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 hold the company with an iron fist, while Danny mm -hmm. is open to every to every character, or to every person in the show, to Big L, to Simon, I think, in the in the psychiatric ward, mm -hmm. uh, he he opens up to those people. He's willing to to come at the situation with with an open hand and to get hurt and to lose something yeah yeah uh, yeah i mean in the end he's just that, that's that's really that's <laughs> really convinced me let me tell you <laughs> you know at no, the i end, think he's just a uh uh a, a pseudo spiritual hipster with a black with a black credit card who's teaching minimalism <laughs> but and he realizes it at the end when Kunlun is gone that he has nothing left there's nothing left he has to as you say he has to come to terms with his identity crisis because he doesn't he doesn't have his company anymore he doesn't have Kunlun anymore what what is left of of him except of the iron fist i think even if the cinematography is bad that last shot when he ignites the hand 
I think that's uh, for me. That's when he realizes, okay, uh, all I have left is uh, is is the Iron Fist, and I have to make something of it. Now I have to reevaluate everything I have been taught. Uh, yeah, and internalize it. And I'm sorry that I cut you no, off no, no. before I, that. But it's it is almost like he only realizes it once it's gone. Yeah, you know, which is what happens in the end as well. Um, and it's it's a great analogy, I think, with his you know just going back to, to what you were saying before his 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 openness compared to the Iron Fist. Yeah, <laughs> pun pun intended or not, uh, the Iron Fist of Ward and Joy in terms of how they control the company yeah. and how how they will they defend and protect the company with an Iron Fist, um, just as he should be defending and protecting Kunlun at the start. But you know, and I think that's that's a great analogy. You know, maybe it's worth maybe it's worth to like sort of rewatch it. And here's yeah, here's another funny one. With with an openness <laughs> instead of judgment, which is maybe why I was like, okay, this is gonna be shit. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna watch it and see what see what I like about it. You know, no, I'm, um, I'm absolutely on that on that boat because yeah, the show isn't the high point of the Marvel uh, cinematic like TV universe, universe yeah. TV universe. Yeah, but you know, the other thing that I really liked, I think, in, so you know, flipping to the more positive now. I think Finn Jones actually did a pretty good job, I think, as Danny Rand. As Iron Fist, meh, because, you know, if he only had 15 minutes to do the fight scenes, like in terms of preparation, I think that's a really good job then. But I really wanted, I mean, this whole show, I think all the action kind of sucked. So I would, whoever did the choreography, I would really fight them. (laughs) There's an article in The Verge today about season two of Into the Badlands. Yeah. yeah, which is a show I mentioned. I talked about it in season one of our podcast yeah. so lot last year. And the action there is just, I mean, it's over the top action. It's like wire work and everything. But I really wanted Iron Fist to be taking that to the next level. You know, I wanted it to be, I wanted it to be some next level Kung Fu. Yeah. And what really frustrated me was every time there was a fight scene, Danny Rand was kind of crappy. Like, he was the most inefficient fighter, you know? Like, I really wanted him. He was supposed to be the best of Kunlun, right? Because he he fought his way up to the top, and he was able to face the dragon to become the Iron Fist. Yes. Whereas he was fighting off against, like, hand-foot soldiers, and they were, like, kicking his ass sometimes. <laughs> and you're like, come on, you're supposed to be the best. And so, you know, I, I really wanted more from that. So it's, you know... Not so much like a kung fu action show. Like I wouldn't watch it again for the fight scenes, no. which is sad because it's the kind of show where you're supposed to watch it for the for fight, the fight scenes. scenes. Yeah, it's like watching a Bruce Lee movie and fast forwarding through all the action. You know, <laughs> that's kind of what it should have been. Um, as in, it should have been a, like a Bruce Bruce Lee movie where you kind of want to rewatch those fight scenes because they're so awesome. But what I really liked, you know, in terms of Finn Jones' portrayal of Danny Rand, is just the naivety and the innocence and. Even like the airy, open hipsterness of him at the start, um, that was really refreshing. It was almost like he'd lived through that trauma when he was 10 years old and he'd lived for 15 years in Kunlun. But when he comes back, he's still kind of like a teenager. Yeah. He's just still no, so naive and um, kind of just has such such like a childlike approach to the way he could, tries to get... Yeah. 
get things done. That was kind of fun. You know, I thought that that was cool. It wasn't frustrating because some, you know, some people may get frustrated by by characters on screen making bad decisions. Um, but I thought, you know, that there, there, there was an air of like um, naivety and and innocence about it, which which I thought was really cool. As the character progressed, though, he just kind of started getting angrier and angrier. And it's almost like, where did that anger come from? Yeah. Because because it wasn't really there in the start, which is why it was a little bit jarring as he became. Because as you mentioned, he never really got over that loss. And he's always been trying to reclaim that position, right? And that's all fueled by that anger. But it kind of shows up a little bit. Like in the end, it gets worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And so interesting to see that character develop like that. Um yeah, I mean, I preferred Danny Rand at the start than at the end because at the end he was kind of like just he was like <laughs> he's going to turn into the Hulk eventually, you know. It's just angry all the time, <laughs> all the time. And I think uh, a big problem, a big problem with the characterization is that there wasn't a a flashback arc or episode like uh, the other shows had around episode five or six. I mean. The way they did their flashback in the in the tournament to get the daughter of the drug designer back was an interesting one, where he gets the the visions of uh, the Thunderer. That, that uh-huh. was an interesting way to do it, but perhaps you know that 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 short scene of the monks uh, uh, bashing him with the bamboo sticks. Yeah, that just wasn't enough to um, to show his training and show yeah. the show what he went through. Yeah, because the need. Yeah, I think the naivety, because he he also talks about uh, earning the money to get into the US by doing performing in fight clubs. Yeah, and something like that. And it would have been interesting to see that journey because I think he was a much more stern. Yeah, stern character uh, in the time in in Kunlun, and being out outside of Kunlun uh, uh, transforms back into his fifteen year old self because that's the only m- mode uh, he's been in the real world uh, before yeah. entering Kunlun, and so transforms back into his ten year old old self. Yeah, it would have been. Re- it would have been good to show more of that development because the character didn't feel fully fleshed out. He felt a little bit inconsistent. Yeah. And I think, you know, putting, putting those things in place would have helped draw out and flesh out the the character a bit more. It's interesting. You mentioned the flashbacks because yeah, those were, it was really cool to see the Thunderer who was his trainer effectively in, um, in Kudlun show up as kind of like that, um, kind of like a mirage kind of, uh, it was kind of like a, what do you call it? A um, hallucination, hallucination that he saw, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but that also didn't go anywhere because he kind of sh- shows up and kind of like says some stuff and tries to prod him along. But even in the end of the story, it didn't help him get to where he needed to get to, I think. Oh. Um, they should have had that hallucination show up a bit more yeah. <laughs> and kind of like help push the character over w- whatever edge he needed to get to to complete his um, his mission. Yeah, because I felt like that's going to be a thing from now on, like in episode five, when he first appears to him. I thought, oh yeah, they're going to have some some mind meetings. 
mm-hmm. which would have been would have been great because uh at least in the comics Le- Le Kung adopts him so he is kind of the the the, the surrogate father it would have been interesting to even if they they kept the flashbacks out of that you could have flashed out uh, uh life in Kunlun yeah which was sad because we didn't get to see any of that right i mean every time they did a flashback it's like some random esoteric danny on a mountain meditating and that kind of added nothing to who was he in kunlun you know he tells one story about um stealing moonshine <laughs> i think you know and that was that was nice it was good to hear that there was a life that he had in Kunlun that we can hear about. It would have been great to sort of see m- more of that because, again, with that, um, with to me, with that push and pull between his identity and should he be fighting for Kunlun or should he be fighting for Danny Rand and his previous life, it shows you what the stakes are for Kunlun. Like, why is it worth saving? Or is it not worth saving? If all he knew there was... Um, like mistreatment and abuse in the way that he was trained, maybe that's just cause for him to say, you know what? I don't want to defend Kunlun. Yep. I'd rather get back to the the nostalgic memories of my family and like reclaim that part of myself because Kunlun only gave me pain. But that was never really explored as well. Like he said, you know, there were some good times, but mostly it was bad. And so why, you know, that that's a great motivation for not, defending Kunlun as the Iron Fist and, and abandoning his post as the Iron Fist. Because, like, it's also supposed to be, what, what do they call it? One of the seven cities of heaven? Yeah, one of the seven capital cities of heaven, yeah. Yeah, so... Which is how amazing. Can, because how can the capital city of heaven be a place of pain and abuse? <laughs> this is what I need to know, you know? Uh, you know, I, I think the parallel that they are drawing in their portrayal is uh, a a Buddhist uh, monastery. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it feels, at least in in my opinion, it feels like uh, it's always easy if you're you're shutting yourself out from the rest of the world to be be at peace. Yeah. Uh, And I think... We can only judge from from Davos and and uh, the things he says about uh, the society. It, it seems Kunlun seems to be uh, uh, operating under a strict societal rule. Everything, everybody has its its place. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody abides abides to the rules. And I think it's the same with with real life uh, Buddhist uh, uh, monasteries. Uh, monasteries are. Uh, they're shutting themselves off and are um, are operating under very strict uh, under a very strict rule set to keep the to keep the philosophy working. They enforce inner peace rather than truly achieving it. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah I mean, this is going to be. This is going to be two people who don't really know much about Buddhism yeah. at that but, level discussing this. Yeah, but, but that's, that's I think how it to your feels point, to me. Yeah, to your point, and you the, know, I think a, a, a large part of it is detachment from yeah. the material world, right? And so I think the extreme or potentially like what the way that's being played out in um, Kunlun, that detachment is actually disengagement 
from the outside world. So Kunlun exists inside a bubble. And in, even inside that bubble, there's smaller bubbles. Everyone lives like there's, there's no sense of, um, I don't know, this is an interesting one. Except maybe except for the Iron Fist, but the hierarchy exists to prevent people from having to worry about climbing the hierarchy, yeah. if that makes any sense. As in, like, once you know what your position is, you can be happy with that and just focus inward um, because it's about getting to your next spiritual level rather than your next social level. And this is all just, we're just talking out of our, our yeah, of all, we, don't, yeah. we don't really know, right? But it would have but, been... You know, if if they showed um, if they showed us Kunlun in the way they sh they portrayed Asgard or, or all the other places that Kunlun truly is uh, could be interpreted as as heaven as as this perfect city where every everybody is is happy. You know, the kids <laughs> the kids get beaten because they chose the path to to defend to defend the happiness of of the other people. You know. They they talk about how the how the hand is 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 a threat, but to what is it a, a threat to Kunlun? But w what is actually there that they are f threatening? Yeah, just just mentioning heaven. That's why they should have done back fl flashback episodes, f backflash. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they should have backflashed because <laughs> we didn't get a sense of what Kunlun was and why it was worth defending. You know, and I, and I think that's going back to the original point we were talking about before. It wasn't real. Kunlun, even to the viewer, even to the audience, was a bit of a mirage and it was unknowable. And they kept on saying that, you know, both, you know, even the hand. We don't get to a clear example of what the hand is either. Like, what do they stand for? We know that there's factions of the hand and there's good factions, good factions, I'm saying with quotes, yeah. and bad factions. But, you know, both that is such an esoteric fight. Um, in the sense of we don't really know what they were fighting over even. We'd, and it, it, it was interesting as well is that um, the hand soldiers that he deals with always say that you've been told something your whole life and you're just believing that party line, um, but you don't know. You've been lied to. You've been brainwashed. And the same could be said the other way, you know? So, with, and as the audience, even we can't know the truth because we don't know both sides. I mean, we know enough about the hand to know that they're bad, <laughs> but is Kunlun actually good after the only flashbacks we've seen is them beating up little kids. <laughs> yeah. So. But I, I think the, uh, the whole, the whole faction hand thing was, was stupid in my opinion. It would have been enough if I forgot his name, but I always called him both Paul Dameron in my Iron Fist diary. <laughs> uh, if Paul Dameron just uh, waged open war against Madame Gao, Instead of, of, of having a subsection of the hand, which which feels that the hand felt very, it didn't feel as threatening as it was in in the second season of Daredevil. Yeah, and then and now you've got to ask yourself which hand was that? Yeah. Was that Madame Gao's hand, or or, or was that um, Poe Dameron's? Hand? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know which 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 faction was that that actually had the assault on the hospital and stuff like that. Because, yeah. yeah, that's different. So we don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe they explain it and I missed it, but I can't, you know, you, you can't place it. So, Madam, yeah, why didn't they have open warfare? I think it it was also, 
it could have been that the show and like the world that they were creating were trying to cause a, a point of difference with the hand versus like the League of Shadows. Yeah. So we've we've seen that in like the Batman Begins movie. And in, you know, obviously that's the DC universe where the League exists as this as this entity that is trying to destroy everything in order to rebuild it, in in order to save it. Yeah. Um and they're they're highly organized, you know, Razal Ghul's at the top and They'll do whatever he says. And actually, the League of Shadows was in, um, it's in Arrow as well, right? So yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's quite a well-known concept now. Whereas here, they tried to be different by saying, oh, no, we've got factions. We've got factions within within the bad guy organization. It was already creepy with showing the the compound where the recruits are being, get the final brainwashing. Yeah, the 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 kind of um, college campus. Yeah, and, and, and integrating that into the hand mythology. Uh, into the uh, how the how the hand operates in the in the US would would have been enough and and to say that Baku well yeah I think Baku was his name has some I don't know he can uh, uh, compromising material on on Madame Gao that would have been enough and that he can threaten her by giving the material to a council or something like that that she's not fit to to be in her her place of power anymore and he should overtake it. I think that would have been much more interesting than to see, a, you know, a, a rival organization within the criminal organization that's siphons yeah. of money uh, of rent enterprises. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it, you mean that could almost have been painted kind of like like an organized crime, like a, like mafia families, you know? Yeah. So Madame Gao is looking after the looking after the illicit drug trade and all of the other illicit trades, whereas Baku is looking after the next set of things, which is like, it's almost like white collar crime, crime embezzlement, and also investigating, you know, on, on the side, the iron fist yes. and things like that. So, because there is a larger story happening with the, with the hand, right? I mean, the whole defenders thing, which they didn't really point to what's going to happen next. What's going to bring them all back together? Because... In Daredevil season two, there was that sarcophagus thing. Yeah. Um, there was all the, the kids who were brainwashed and giving their blood to create or wake up something. And we never got to see any more of that. And it wasn't, they, they didn't further that plot line. No, they just put Electra in the sarcophagus, I think. Yeah. So, and, and, and she was also some sort of storm child or something. Like, I, yeah. I forgot what, what special designation they gave her. <laughs> um, but, they didn't further that any. And that was Madame Gao's organization, wasn't it? Like, was it? We don't know. Because Madame Gao was heavily involved in a lot of the other hand storylines. There was some other immortal guy that stick uh, decapitated at the end. Mm. Yeah, it's, I mean, and so we don't, I mean, we, we still don't know, right? Yeah. But I think maybe what you're saying and what I'm trying to say as well is It'll be would have been really good for Ironfist to crack open the organization and actually lay it bare so we know how it works. Yeah. Because even if it was different factions of the hand fighting against each other, that would have been that's almost like a Game of Thrones type situation. Yeah. If there's a power struggle within the organization, there's a whole lot of drama. That that's the Sopranos, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like um that's that that would have been cool to see played out as well. And then how how they've got, as an organization, there's this big overall plan that they've got. And they all should be working towards. 
But even though they're all working towards an overall plan, there's different there's different factions fighting for power within even that. Um, so it's kind of like Sopranos, Sopranos, Sons of Anarchy, you know, different gangs fighting each other over territory and who's going to be in control at the end. Um, and like a coup that's happening within the hand itself. And then Iron Fist kind of reveals, and so it makes sense to us. So by the time we get to the Defenders, we know very clearly what this fight's going to be about. At, at the moment... When the defenders finally does come, it's gonna, we're going to have to we're going to have to ramp up and learn everything again. The only thing we'll know is who the heroes are. Yeah, we won't we won't know who the bad guy is and what they're fighting for, which is a difference with what they're doing in, in the cinematic universe. With they've laid out the Infinity Stones, they we all know that Thanos is going to get them, and then we're all going to have to gang up against Thanos. You know, like they've already laid out that that. Um, at least that much of the foundation so that when we finally do have that fight, it'll make sense and we, we'll know where it's coming from. Yeah. Because the only thing that I think is going to make the Defenders a little bit cheap, I guess you can say, and to kind of make it feel TV, is um, when Elektra does come out of the sarcophagus, she's going to be some kind of super bad guy. She's not going to be the one that's in charge. She's not going to be the one calling the shots. I'm pretty sure she's she's going to come out as some sort of like doomsday type creature (laughs) and that's only going to be towards the end and that's going to be like the fight at the end and so we're going to wait this whole time just like like iron fist so that that one scene in the trailers when he punches the ground and he like levels the floor of the building waited for that all season and it happened at the very end you know yeah so like his use of the iron fist was generally kind of meh i thought what he should have, I mean, what I would have want, what I wanted to see is I, I wanted to see him use the Iron Fist and then escalate the way he uses the Iron Fist every couple of episodes. Like bring out a new trick that the Iron Fist can do. Because we only really saw him use it to punch things. Yeah, but you know, that that's that's also the big problem in the comics too, because that's pretty much all all he does. I mean, he, he later learns that he can... Uh, transfer his chi into objects but that's it yeah. you know the the focus the focus with Danny Rand lies rather on his martial arts skills uh, and the iron fist is is the last resort or when he's uh when he's in a corner Ooh, so maybe maybe that's why the fighting is so bad yeah, yeah. cuz they always have to get him into a corner, corner. So he can use yeah. the iron fist cuz it's it's like a it's like a it's almost like an encounter power, you know? He can yeah. only use it once every half an hour and he has to go recharge his chi. I don't know. I I I wanted him to go avatar state, you know, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. I wanted him to go completely, completely chi and just kind of destroy everything. Yeah, and I thought that we'd, we'd get that at the end because we see the, the guy in the footage, the former Iron Fist with both hands glowing or with both fists glowing. And I thought we'd, yeah. we'd at least get that at the end yeah i don't know what you know i don't know i mean i, I don't know I, I there's more i think that's the thing it's like the overall review for iron fist for me is i just wanted more like i didn't mind watching more episodes like i was yeah. kind of sad when it was ending because i was like actually this is like i, I want to see more it's just that um it was kind of plateauing in terms of its level of urgency and um where iron fist was going with his powers at the end. And that's the interesting thing. Those two to three episodes that Jessica Jones had too much of, Iron Fist could have needed. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
All right. Well, there you go. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of an uh, it's kind of like an in an unsteady place now leading up to the defenders, you know? Yeah. Because I mean, we're obviously we're still going to we're, we're still going to be interested in to, to see what happens and how they all come together. But the quality of the story and the quality of the overall arc of where they were going is kind of like, uh, is it not going to be as great as we were expecting? Yeah. And I, I think the problem is because the the only element they share is is Claire at the moment. Because the only the only two guys that met were uh, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage. Yeah. Uh, in, in, in that thing and i think they should have at least set up uh something with luke cage in this series i mean this yeah. set up something like that with the the letter and and the t-shirt that claire's yeah pouring out to danny but they should have at least met well we don't know like luke cage went off to his hometown right so he's off investigating and doing something else oh uh, he's in jail He's in jail. He's in jail okay. at the moment. He got incarcerated at the end. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He gets taken. He gets taken to his hometown. Well, yeah. By like um, state state troopers or something. Yeah, I think I'm kind of half minded about whether they should have had other characters in the individual character stories. I think Jessica Jones and Luke Cage worked well together just because of the way they played out that story. But I almost didn't want Daredevil to show up and help because it, you know, the, the the character, the hero, needs to overcome his own obstacles. Of course, yeah. yeah. What was what would have been interesting though is as Daredevil, Daredevil comes from a bit of a martial arts fighting background, trained by Stick, is he could have offered advice, yeah. um, to Danny Rand and helped him in this very similar way to the way Arrow kind of shows up and helps Flash in the early days. Yeah, And they kind of like, just have that, you know, it's not a man-to-man talk, I guess you can say, but it's a, um, it's kind of like, it shows that there's a, that there's a level of friendship there. Um, and it, it starts laying the foundations for the trust that he's going to have to come later on when they all work together. So yeah, that would have been neat. That would have been interesting. I think Claire was used very interestingly in the show. Yes. I mean, I actually, half the time I was like, why is she even there? Like, she flies to China with them. Yeah. And then she's like, you know what? I'm just going to wait in the car. In the car, yeah. Why'd you come? (laughs) You know, (laughs) you could have waited in the car in Brooklyn. (laughs) No point in you being here if you're just going to wait in the car. So I thought that was stupid. Plus, I don't even know how they went to China and then returned with Madame Gao. Like, how do they get her through customs? You know, it's like there are some really stupid decisions in the script. Like, he got he lost he lost his place in the company while in China. So, how how did he how did they get her back? Because the jet doesn't need to carry Mister Rand anymore. How do they even get visas to show up in China? First of all, yeah, because you know they, that's like a process. You know, they need to go to the embassy and apply for a visa, um, and then be able to smuggle someone out of the country, like. Uh, it was. They should have just had whatever that warehouse was. They could have put it in Queens, or they could have put it in Long Island and just gone there. There was no need to go to China. Like it was just superfluous. Yeah. Especially since Netflix, like it's not like they're going to be um, like opening this in Chinese theaters and and they need to show the Chinese box office. Hey, you know we got a Chinese scene. It's just random. Yeah, and completely stupid with 
there are no vantage points or anything like that, like that, where, where they can spot us. And I think there's a warehouse right. There's next a warehouse right next to you. There's with, all these with, windows. With windows. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I saw the exact same thing. Not only that, there's a beggar sitting outside with like holding a cup out for money in a place where there's no foot traffic. Yeah. Like, why would he? Why would he be there? And for a moment, I that thought... That whole setup is so stupid. For a moment, I thought perhaps that's uh, Shang-Chi, mm-hmm. you know, running his own operation against the hand, but it also went nowhere. Yeah. Maybe in the, maybe there's a director's cut where all of that yeah. makes sense. But yeah, it was pointless. That whole scene in China was like, I was like excited if they were going to go to China. Yeah. Then I'm like, wait, this is the Defenders. Like this is supposed to be all set in New York and Hell's Kitchen, right? So I don't know why they're leaving the country now. And then... Doing it in such a bad way where it doesn't make any sense. I thought I thought that the series would continue in in China for a, for a big chunk and not just for the. It was just uh, like in one episode, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, pointless. So hence bad script issues, right? I mean, yeah. like really, I don't know who plot this thing out and who thought about that, but they could have they could have achieved what they needed to, which was effectively to capture Gao in a much more efficient way and not wasted all that time. And lost a lot of credibility, I thought, with the, with the way that the story was laid out. Yeah. All right. Cool. So we're about we've got we've got about ten minutes left, I guess, when it comes to uh, making this an hour long episode. <laughs> so Let's do some positive. How do you want to wrap up? Uh, should we should we should we lay out some things we liked? Yeah. Okay. You can start. Colleen Wing was awesome, and okay. Ward Meacham was amazing. I mean, what the guy, the guy, that was the only person that got a definitive character arc with a beginning, a middle and an end. He ends up in the same place uh, he started, but he's essentially become a new person. You know, he has to dial down his act and he has to take responsibilities for the things he does. And I think Colleen uh, as well, but uh, I don't like the, the whole... You know, it was love that, that, that changed her, that changed her views, that, that felt a bit odd. I think Colleen's story, as well as the love angle, um, was, I think, to your point at the start, about loss, you know? Because she believed in this, you know, she came from a place where she, you know, lost her grandfather and um, kind of needed to rebuild her life. And then she clung, is that a word, clung? She, yeah, she, yeah. she, she, she held on clinged. to the hand. She held on to, she held on to um, the hand as as her way of um, of getting her life back together. That was what she believed in. That's what she pledged herself to. And then when she found out what it actually was, because she also didn't believe what Danny was telling her about the hand. You know, if we if we mirror the story, the hand was her Lun. It was her. Capital yep. city of heaven. Yeah, it gave it gave her a place of refuge when she needed it, you know. Um, but then when when she does go into the bowels of it and you know finds out what it's real, what's really going on, and she sees the truth of what Baku is willing to do, um, that's when she realizes, you know, that's when the truth hits her in the face, effectively, um, and then she has to cope with that. So I thought, you know, her story was was good. Um, she got a little bit frustrating at times. She was with her stubbornness, but you're right in the sense that she had like a full story arc, which was good. And the same with Ward. I thought Ward was a very interesting character. I mean, he was a real dick in the flashbacks. Yeah. (laughs) And so it was hard to feel sympathy for him. 
But yeah, he went through a lot, that poor guy. Uh, <laughs> and maybe deservedly so. But I think where he gets to in the end is like you you want to be on the Ward fan club. You know, you want to you want to um, support him yeah. <laughs> at least um, going forward. So yeah. it's sad what they did with Joy in the end because I think it would have worked much better if they if Joy went off to have her horse breeding farm instead of uh, conspiring to kill Danny with Davos. I felt that yeah. was a bit off. That kind of almost. Also happened way too fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that's also the difference between a happy ending and, like, I guess, continuing the story. Because yeah. in the end, like, who gets the happy ending? I think only Ward, right? Ward gets the happiest ending of all, yeah. yeah. Sees his father Which burn. Is... <laughs> yeah, like, they, they... But I thought David Wenham did a good job as the father. I thought he was great. I thought playing... He made me nervous just yep. watching those scenes for what was going to happen next. So he was awesome. And I also loved, I really appreciated when he's like um, talking to Joy and, you know, putting on his good face and saying, you know, I've always wanted to go to Australia. And I'm like, haha, David Wenham. He's Australian. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, Yeah, so I thought he was good. I thought the I don't, I don't even know the actor who played Ward, but I thought he did a good job as well. Like he went, he goes through... He starts off all like so business professional and like, you know, Upper East Side. He goes through his junkie phase and he just, you know, that's done very convincingly. And then all and then comes back. And, and like you said, he's able to come full circle in the end, only in a much happier way. <laughs> so yeah. he did a great job. Yeah. So, you know, those those performances really kept me going. Um, I thought Danny Rand, so Finn Jones is pretty good. But I yeah, could have been better. But he could have been, I mean, again, I, so in terms of casting, I think he was, I think for the way Iron Fist exists in the comics, he was an okay casting choice. Yeah. I kind of wanted someone a little bit more like Finn Jones, like, you know, to me comes across as a little bit soft only because, you know, I'm also projecting the characters he's played before. So, uh, playing Loris Terrell in um, Game of Thrones. And so I, I he comes across as a pretty boy. Yeah. I wanted Danny Rand and Iron Fist to be a little bit more hard-edged, a little bit more, um, I don't know how else to describe it. Like not not so not so much of a hippie maybe. And that, that, that's hard because I know that he's a surfy California dude in like the, in the, in the cartoon, right? So in, you know... <laughs> I think that that softness uh, is what if they if they would have cast a a much uh, harder harder character in that show, I think it wouldn't have worked as well because it would have looked stupid if if somebody like that. There's the scene in the park in the first episode where they talk about the purpose in life, and he says to defend Khan Lun and honor uh, honor the sacrifice of. And I forgot the name of the dragon, the undying. Mm -hmm. And through Finn Jones's hippie attitude and, and softness, it sounds more believable as if they have gotten a, a sterner looking character who maybe I mean it's it's uh it's a duty of the director to uh to make the scene work, but I think it wouldn't have worked as well with a more angular uh character. Yeah. With a, with a, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I I think you've con convinced me there. It need that there, there needed to be that contrast between Ward, 
who is effectively that that angular character, and Danny, who was kind of the soft baby face. And I often kind of character. I often thought about if it would have been interesting to re, uh to make uh, to have the character uh, the the actor who plays Ward play Danny Rand. Mm-hmm. I, I sometimes tried to switch them to switch them out. In, yeah. in my mind. Yeah, and you're you're right. I don't think it would have worked as well. Danny Rand. Hmm. <laughs> you're making me think. It's like now thinking music, please. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm so sorry. I'm trying to find because I I don't want to see the 13 hours of my life wasted. I'm trying to find. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to find, trying to hold on to anything. Yeah. yeah. No. I, look, I think it was it was worth watching for sure. I think it was a hard slog to get through the first couple of 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 episodes. But once you get past episode four or five, once the hand shows up and you start seeing what the point of this whole story is, it makes a whole lot more sense. Um, and it's, it's very watchable, you know? Yep. Um, cause once I started watching it, I effectively binged it and I could just keep, keep going. And it wasn't, it wasn't like I was super bored at any stage. So, you know, you, it, it was, it was very com- compelling to watch. Yep. Um, it's just that there's a lot of kind of like, flaws in the way it was in the way the thing was put together so if you can look past those i think overall you're still going to get a pretty good story and i i think it's just the creative team involved they maybe tried to do something a little bit new i mean it's not the same creative team that does all these shows um and i don't know if they've you know, this is maybe something we need to look into. Do they have the same level of, <laughs> honey is the word, do they have the same level of governance that the MCU has in terms of Kevin Feige, who's overlooking this whole thing and making sure that everything lines up and all, you know, that that, that there's a certain level, level of quality even. Um, I don't know if these shows have that in the, in the Netflix universe or whether they're giving the creative teams a lot more latitude to do what they need to do or what they want to do. To, to make their shows. They have much more leeway. But I heard the showrunner of Iron Fist is also going to do the Inhumans show. Right. So That doesn't give me a lot of faith yeah, in Inhumans. It's going to be interesting. And that's going to be a TV series, right? Yep. That's not a miniseries. That's going to be no, on ABC? Yeah, it? I think it's on, on ABC. On yeah. network? Okay. Because again, Inhumans has... A, this, is, this is potentially something we can talk about more in the next episode. But in, in humans has a lot of um, potential for yes. what it could be, yeah. and I think we've discussed a bit before, right? It's effectively Game of Thrones with mutant powers. Yeah. <laughs> so if they play it that way, it would be soup. It would be an awesome show. Yeah, great um, characters, great visuals. Yeah, and they could really do some awesome world building, you know. Whereas, you know, if if they, if we, you know, a a lot of what we complained about today with Iron Fist was the lack of world building when it came to Kunlun. So if this, if it's the same creative team and if they have the same gap, then yeah, I mean, that's not setting itself up for success. No. Nah. Then the show's going to fall on its face. Okay. The back matter. Yeah. Explain. All right. So I think we covered effectively like what we didn't like. We covered what we liked. Um, any other final closing thoughts? Yeah, uh, continuity error. Um, <laughs> I've mentioned it in my Alphys diary that uh, at some point he mentions Lord, I forgot his name, and 
that's Yuti, that's the August personage in Jade that he he resides earlier, the mayor of Kunlun. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. so I want to know what's up with that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that that so, bothered me a lot. Which episode is that in? Oh, I think in oh. episode five, four or five. He resides right. UT in five and then in I in four and then in five he resides uh Lord the name I forgot. Uh right. and I thought, wait a minute, isn't that the name of, of UT also? And I googled it and Google said I was right. <laughs> well then it must be true. <laughs> Just so. so I guess there's 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 much more to be explained. That could that's that's an Easter egg, if anything, I think. <laughs> Because it kind of washed over my head, like I I didn't even recognize that, so I I just kind of just took all the names for for granted. You know, I, I complained <laughs> about it loud to 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 my coworker, and he said, "What the fuck is a UT?" And I, he's the mayor of Kunlun. <laughs> like, I don't know who's who's gonna know that. We didn't even real we didn't even see anyone else in Kunlun except the, the monks who beat him up. You know, so, <laughs> they've got a mayor. <laughs> There's a town fire department, and there's a library, and, you know. The library card. Imagine, imagine the late fees for the library card. Oh it's man! It's like five monks and six. No, weeks. not only that. It's it's like it's like karma on your eternal soul. No. It's like, it's, you don't want to be. You don't want to have your books in late. Let me tell you. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, on that note, then I think uh, we can close our our Iron Fist review. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to our rambling review, and. Um, yeah, I mean, at this stage, it was a spoiler review anyway, so yeah. We oh, yeah, should, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. We should put that in the front. <laughs> Consider it. And, uh, and yeah, so let us know what you think. If um, yep. We've got our Twitter working now. It's at Asteroids In. <laughs> so we can put that on the... Um, in the show notes. On the, in the show notes so we can get some... So if you have any feedback or have your own thoughts about watching Iron Fist, let us know. Or write us at asteroidsinexile at gmail.com, please. Please. <laughs> All right, cool. So thanks. Thanks, Martin. Um, Thank you. And we'll be back in the next couple of weeks. couple of weeks, yeah. Yeah. So Hard much to... more to talk and about. we are planning a live show, so we will let you know when that's going to be. <laughs> see if we can tune in live. All right. Goodbye, everyone. It's got to work already. Bye-bye.